What's up, guy? Chetty from the future here. Uh, I just came in to do a quick little prelude. Uh, first of all, welcome if you're new. If you're a returning listener, uh, thanks for coming back. I took a hiatus last week. Uh, there wasn't good, too much going on. So I decided to allocate my time and my resources elsewhere to do behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, and this week, I had computer problems because I did some upgrading and it caused more problems than I thought. So that led to me delaying the episode, and as you could probably tell, I did a lot of rushing in this episode. I did a lot of fast talking, probably some some uh, faults in my editing, and I apologize for that, but I polished this up as best as I could. I still took the time to make this at least presentable. So uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Feel free to follow the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. So uh, yeah, I'll, s- I'll see you in the episode. Greetings and welcome to another episode of The Match, the esports podcast recap show where we cover and relive the past weekend in esports as they come. The date is Wednesday, June 6th. We are back from a week hiatus. I took a break last week. There was like nothing going on. And then this week, just full-fledged, full-force esports event, every single game, you name it. Um... I apologize because I've been dealing with some computer troubles as well, but no worries because that's all sorted out and we are back. We are cocked. We are locked and ready to rock. I am your host, Chetty, and I am glad to be here with you today. We had an exciting and action-packed weekend with a lot going on. And to be honest, I lost track of of a lot of things going on. Um, DreamHack Austin was in full effect with many, many, many events going on. On top of Smash and Splash up in Wisconsin, that made a huge splash this weekend. On top of a bunch of Counter-Strike action over in Russia. Plus, I got some news from around the industry for you, and I'm going to finish this off with events upcoming this next weekend so stay tuned for all of the deets relax your feet because i got all of that and more coming at you on this very awesome episode of the match Kicking this thing off, it's only right that we go to the biggest event this weekend, and that is DreamHack Austin Down in Austin, Texas. There were many games, but the biggest one, the one that probably headlined it the most, was Counter-Strike. Now, a lot of teams were over in Russia. A lot of the bigger teams were over in Russia for Star Series Season 5 finals, but instead we come here to DreamHack first. There were eight teams that competed. Um, But only four teams made it to playoffs with the top two teams of each group making it out. And of course, like every Counter-Strike event, there are two groups, Group A and Group B. In Group A, we saw Heroic and Fragsters make it out, while Group B had Rogue and Space Soldiers making it to the playoffs. Going straight to the semifinals, because there wasn't that many teams, we had Rogue taking on Fragsters. That ended in a 2-1 in favor of Team Rogue. North America, let's go. And in the second semifinals, we had Space Soldiers taking the series 2-0 over Heroic. Jumping straight to the finals, we had Rogue versus Space Soldiers. Didn't really work out in North America's favor. Space Soldiers proved to be a little too much for them to handle, and that series ended 2-1 in favor of Space Soldiers. 
with this win, the Space Soldiers place first in the DreamHack Counter-Strike Tournament. And this is the first win of the 2018 season in which they took home half of the prize pool, which was $100,000 for the Counter-Strike event. So I think they walked away with like $50,000, right? I don't know. I failed math. Another large event that happened at DreamHack Austin was the StarCraft event. We had a crazy event where there were upsets, comebacks, rivalries, you name it. But it all came down to the wires as eight groups of four battled it out for the number one spot. StarCraft Esports, which is a one-man team style game where the players pick their faction to play as, which are Protoss, Terran, and Zerg all have their different properties in a real-time strategy game to take down the opposing enemy and their faction as well. In this tournament at DreamHack, we had 32 players that were in groups, but only half of them made it out. Of those players, that, of those players there were 10 Zerg players, 3 Terran players, and 3 Protoss players. Of those 16 players, half of those made it to playoffs after facing off in the gauntlet of 16. Players that made it out include Cero, Hero, Marine, Lambo, Nurchio, oh god, butchered that one, Mana, Snoot, Elazer, and Special. The quarterfinals were a best of five series, but none of them went to five games as Cero took down Hero Marine 3-0, Lambo took down Nurchio 3-0 as well, Mana took down Snoot, Guess what? 3-0 and special took down E-Laser. Yes, you guessed it. 3-0 as well. The semifinals had the final four players face off where the first semifinal was Cyril lined up against Lambo in which Cyril took that set 3-1. The other semifinal featured Mana taken on special which actually was really hype. I watched that one. It was super fun. But that series ended in the 3-1 as well in favor of Mana. The final featured a great yet one-sided rivalry as Mana met Cyril once again. Fun fact, before this match, Cyril was undefeated in the head-to-head -head against Mana, where he had beaten him six times out of six times these guys have met, with the match score being 19-2. Ouch. As a one-sided rivalry, Mana looked to take down his kryptonite in the best of seven on the world stage for the trophy, but he couldn't pull it off. And Cyril took the tournament and the set 4-2, winning $20,000 and 3,000 circuit points. With these circuit points, Cyril is the first and only player to punch his ticket to the StarCraft World Championship Series starting in October. To give you guys a little idea of how the circuit point race is going in the StarCraft scene, Cyril has 7,720 points after this win with Special trailing behind him in second place with 2380. At this point, everyone is fighting for the second seed. Then again, some scenes just have the most dominating players and there's nothing we can do about it. All we can do is just enjoy it. Moving on to another big name at this event, we head over to the Players Unknown Battleground booth. The DreamHack PUBG Showdown featured teams from Europe, North America, and South America. In addition, teams that did not qualify during the online stage had a chance to qualify through the Bring Your Own Computer qualifier that took place at DreamHack Austin on Friday, June 1st. The five teams from the Bring Your Own Computer qualifier that qualified were Team Totality, Nova Esports, God Res, Optic Gaming, and Space Station Gaming. There were 12 total maps, um, but in the end, there were only four that placed and got a lot of money 
Face Clan took the first seed, the first win. They won a shit ton, I guess. They won $50,000 and a trip to the PUBG Invitational in Berlin, the million dollar major tournament. Second place, there's Pitts. Pittsburgh Knights, $20,000. They won. Optic Gaming from the Bring What Your Own Computer Qualifier won $10,000. And Tempo Storm won $4,000 as well. Now, with those out of the way, there were other games that didn't receive much spotlight that I can run through quick to you. I don't know how much time you have. I don't know how much time I have, but I'm going to go through them anyway. I guess I'm not really doing them any justice by not going into detail about them, but I mean... We're not perfect, right? <laughs> Rainbow Six Siege had their own tournament at this event in which 16 teams participated for the trophy, but it was Team Millennium from France that reigned supreme over evil geniuses in the finals, taking home $25,000. In Hearthstone, Amnesia took home the trophy over 256 other competitors, but it was Zele who got the worst of it by losing in the final, but was still compensated with money and Hearthstone circuit points. The winner, Amnesiac, took home the trophy, $5,000 and 15 Hearthstone circuit points. DreamHack Austin also hosted its fighting game Central, which included a bunch of different games, but more specifically, there was Brawlhalla, Dragon Ball, Fighter Z, Pokemon Tournament DX, Street Fighter 5, Smash Melee, Smash 4, Tekken 7, Guilty Gear, and Blaze Blue Central Fiction. Now the winner from Brawl was Kosalix. I think I think that's how you say his name. From Dragon Ball Fighter Z, we had Sonic Fox from Echo Fox taking that game. The Pokemon tournament was won by Slippin' Bug. I did not watch that one, so I can't go into too much detail about that. Jay Wong from Echo Fox, of course. Who else took the Street Fighter V trophy at DreamHack Austin? Smash Melee, Plup from Panda Gaming did not go to Smash and Splash, but instead he decided to win this tournament. I think it's a good trade-off. Uh, Larry Lur from Misfits won in Smash 4. In Tekken, we had Panda Gaming, Speed Kicks take the trophy in that one. In Guilty Gear, we had Hamad take number one. And last but not least, Blaze Blue Central Fiction, Panda Gaming's SKD took the trophy in that title. With this weekend coming to a close, this means no more DreamHack, Austin. Luckily for all of you DreamHack fans, all the DreamHack action will come back in two weeks when DreamHack travels to Jönköping, I think that's how you say it, in Sweden, as the DreamHack summer event will kick off with many more esport titles and esport competitions. Mark your talent calendars because you do not want to miss that one. Moving on and going over to Kiev in Ukraine, the Star Series and iLeague CSGO Season 5 finals went on over the past weekend and it featured 16 teams. Five teams were invited, which were Team Liquid, Mouse Sports, Navi, Ninjas in Pajamas, and SK Gaming. All of the teams had to go through a regional qualifier where four teams from Europe made it through, two from North America, two from the CIS region, and two from the Asian qualifiers, and the final from a bets.net masters qualifier. All the action started last Monday, the 28th of May, where the group stage featured all teams playing against each other in a Swiss format with the top eight teams with the best records Making it to playoffs, the first seed was a tie between SK Gaming and Ago Esports from Europe, who both went undefeated. The next three seeds was a three-way tie between Team Liquid, 
Ninjas in Pajamas, and Mouse Sports, all dropping one game. And the last three spots were claimed by Hometown Heroes, Navi, North from Denmark, and Energy Esports, who have been on a blaze lately in North America. After going through a draft, the playoffs were set starting in the quarterfinals. The first featured SK taking on hometown heroes Navi, in which they fell to them two to one in favor of Navi. I don't I don't know if that sounded right. Next up was Ninjas in Pajamas versus Mouse Sports, which ended up in Mouse Sports' favor two to one. After that was a Go Esports taken on North, which ended up with North taking that series two to one. And finally, we had both North American teams duke it out with Energy taking it 2-1 over Team Liquid. Next up was the actually really hype semifinals, which featured Navi taking out Mouse Sports 2-1. And on the other side of the bracket, North fell to the unlikely Energy Esports 2-1 as well, punching their ticket to their first premier final for the organization in Counter-Strike history. Energy from North America put up the best fight they could, but Navi just proved to be a little too much of a challenge for the underdog squad. Simple and company made just made them look absolutely silly, and it just looked like he was smurfing the whole tournament. With this win, Navi won on home soil, taking the prize of 125,000 US dollars and can cross winning a trophy at home off of their bucket list. Also, I can't end this without mentioning that Simple, who played out of his goddamn mind all tournament long, took home the trof- the tournament MVP trophy and on top of HLTV MVP award as well. The dude is insane. For more Counter-Strike action, we have a bunch of teams traveling to London to compete in the ECS Season 5 Finals starting this Friday. I have more details for you at the end, so stay tuned. Splashing into the next segment, we travel to Wisconsin Dells for another annual Smash and Splash where over 2,231 attendees gathered to play for the major title. Most, if not all, the big high-profile names in Smash showed up to this tournament. Starting off with the Melee W dubs, doubles, I don't know why I said W, CLG came up big in this tournament overall, um, but in the doubles tournament, the legend continues as PewFat won another doubles title after, I think that's like their second, third consecutive, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. PewPewU and SFAT from CLG emerged from the loser's bracket to take on Armada and Android in the grand finals. In the first set, PewFat edged out a 3-2 and dominated 3-0 in the second set. Let's go CLG. I'm super hyped. Oh my god. I don't know what to do. I'm not biased by the way. In the Smash doubles tournament, we had many valiant attempts to take down the champions, but no one did so. In the grand finals, we had Cosmos and Void from CLG taken on Ally and Mistake, which was a rematch of the winner's finals between the two as well. As much as they tried in both series, Cosmos and Void could barely make a dent in their opposition, and Ally and Mistake took the title of the Smash 4 
doubles champions, cruising through every opponent they had, only dropping two games out of the 12 that they had. Straight savages. In the melee singles, as always, I like to talk about this because it is the most intense, most anticipated, and the most watched portion of any Smash tournament. And with good reason as well. Like I said, all the big names such as Hungrybox, Leffen, Mewtwo King, and many more were present to battle it out for the title of the best Melee player in Wisconsin that day. Now, I know every time I covered Smash Melee, Hungrybox always seems to win. It's like a, it's like a curse. It's like a plague. And it was looking so this past weekend as well. In the top eight, Hungrybox beat Mewtwo King and Leffen to get to the finals. And our other grand finals had to go through Zane, Mewtwo King after he dropped to the losers bracket, and Leffen after he dropped to the losers as well to reach the final boss. After getting three stocked in the very first game, Hungrybox fought back against Armada and took game two of the very first set and proceeded to drop the rest of the games after that. The last series of the grand finals went a little like that. It boiled down to the undefeated hungry box and the underdog Armada. Armada didn't let the pressure get to him and absolutely dominated hungry box in the finals and winning the series three to one and taking the tournament on top of an extra $5,000. That itself beating hungry box is a great feat. Congratulations to Armada. I'm still a little bit mad that the stream cut out Armada's postgame speech. Just, ugh, salty boys. Last but not least, we saved the best for last as history was made in Smash 4 singles this weekend. Seeing that this tournament was considered a major, a lot was on the line, especially the title of a major winner. In the top eight, we had Regs, Elegant, Light, Daboos, MKLeo, Void, Salem, and Shoyo James. Names like Salem and MKLeo and Light have all won majors before and were expected to again, but there was an underdog among them who, who else would he play for? That's right, CLG sent Void to make a run of a lifetime, narrowly taking down Salem in the winner's final 3-2, then moving on to rematch him again in the grand finals. It was a swift 3-0. It was almost a swift 3-0, I lied, but... Void slipped in game three, but made an insane comeback in game four, taking home the trophy and the title as one of the best Smash 4 players to ever play the game. The pride is real and in full effect this weekend. I'm so proud of my CLG boys. They don't know who I am, but one day they will, hopefully. And I'm sure I'm just as happy as everyone else for Void's win. Congratulations, man. Next up, we have the legendary match break news section that is currently unsponsored. If anyone's listening to this, I would love a sponsor, but I can go without it. This is a section where I'll be bringing you the best headlines from the esports industry that doesn't exactly pertain to the competitions that we talk about. It does, but it doesn't. You'll see what I mean. Today, I got four headlines I want to break, to, break down to you, so let's hop right into it. Starting this thing off, Syracuse University announced that it is going to be offering an esports media course for the upcoming fall semester. The course will delve into the roots of competitive gaming and will be teaching students about the industry while also covering the streaming platform called Twitch and how it has shaped the esports landscape. Second, the Splice organization who has their feet dipped into multiple esports titles has a new sponsor. That's right, the European League of Legends team has signed a sponsorship with Foot Locker. Foot Locker will support 
the team's EULCS team during the summer split in both lifestyle and performance. Now, how they'll do that, I don't know. Probably with money. That's the best support you can get. This is Foot Locker's first investment into the esports after having invested into traditional esports many and multiple times. Hopefully, this will attract other footwear brands into the scene because more brands equals more investments, which means more money. Cha-ching! Next up, North American telecom company AT&T has signed with ESL to sponsor several upcoming esports events. What this means is that ESL is looking into branching towards the mobile esports titles such as Arena of Valor or Clash Royale on top of many other. At the time of this recording, AT&T will appear as a headlining sponsor at the ESL One New York on September 26th future Intel Extreme Master events and upcoming Arena of Valor Pro League. Last but not least, everyone's favorite organization has signed with everyone's favorite burrito joint. I, if you're not in California, that is, I, I live in the Midwest, so I don't know what, what's out there. I, all I know is that California people don't like Chipotle. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's right, TSM and Chipotle have signed a deal to sponsor TSM's Fortnite Battle Royale team house. TSM signs another high-profile name as a sponsor among the long list of big names that already sponsor them, such as Dr. Pepper, Gillette, HTC, the phone company, Gillette, I mean, Geico, many, many more. I, I lost count at this point. I think this makes sense because TSM is one of, if not the biggest names in esports, and everyone knows what Chipotle is. So, it, I mean, it, it's a two-way street that I think both organizations are happy to be driving on. Other than that, that's it for the news section. I'm going to be covering two more titles, and then I'm going to let you guys know what is coming up. So stay tuned. Actually, it's going to be in like five seconds. So five, four, three, two, one. Cut the music. Global and professional League of Legends is right around the corner, but it's not quite there yet. I know you're aching for it, but luckily there was a League of Legends tournament going on this weekend. Over in China, there was the Demacia Cup going on. There were six LPL teams and two LDL teams, which are LDL is the the league underneath the LPL. And those eight teams battled it out in a playoff format, a bracket format style game the round one was a gauntlet to separate the good from the great uh, losers from all stages will be sent to their respective seeds in the losers brackets with the chances of making it to the grand finals teams that made it out of the first stage however were rogue gaming royal never give up of course invictus gaming ig invictus gaming is ig it sounded like i was saying two at once and edward gaming who are also called edg Round two in the winner's bracket featured Rogue Warriors taking on the reigning LPL and international champions in Royal Never Give Up. That ended in a 2-0 in favor of Royal Never Give Up. The other match of round two was Invictus Gaming versus Edward Gaming, who were two titans coming out of the Chinese region, were both similar in strength on paper, but IG proved themselves to be the stronger one by beating the former champions EDG, two to one hopping straight to round four in the winner's bracket rng and 
IG battled it out in a best of three to punch their ticket to the final to prove once again who the strongest in China was. Easy for RNG because they were the recent world champions after taking down King Zone Dragon X at MSI. I think it was like a week ago, two weeks ago. Yeah, it was really recent. So they had to assert themselves even though they had a sub roster. They won two to one and sent Invictus Gaming to the losers bracket like everyone else. The losers bracket went all four rounds, but only one team stuck out. Billy Billy Gaming won four best of threes in a row after beating one of the first being one of the first teams to be dropped to the losers bracket, taking it all the way to Invictus Gaming in the losers finals. In the end, Billy Billy Gaming proved themselves by beating Invictus Gaming 2-1 and reaching the finals of the Demacia Cup. The grand finals was on Sunday and had two potential headlines. One being Royal Never Give Up potentially winning three titles and tournaments in a row and the other being Billy Billy Gaming and their underdog story. Who does not love an underdog story? 2009 Giants wants to talk to you. The best of five kicked off with Billy Billy Gaming taking game one in 35 minutes which, lo which looked promising for the squad but that time was cut short because RNG came back in full force taking the next three games and taking the tournament as well with this win RNG Royal Never Give Up won their third straight tournament in the span of a month and a half which is an incredible feat in itself to just win anything three times in a row especially knowing that there were many players involved their sub rosters main rosters support staff you name it also with this win rng secured their second demacia cup win after winning 2017's demacia cup and they also got a pocket full of cash and a big ass trophy with all of this being said and done league of legends returns around the globe after a one week break so if you're in north america the League of Legends College Championship is this weekend at the NA LCS Arena. I got more info about that towards the end of this podcast show. Also, the LCS, the fun stuff, begins on June 15th in Europe and June 16th in North America. Stay tuned and stay patient because it is right around the corner and we are, ooh, we are right there. What's a week in esports without Overwatch? Yes, that's right. Week three of the Overwatch League came to a close last Saturday, but not without a shortage of action. Let's see how this all went down. On Wednesday, to kick it off, we had the New York Excelsior take on Philadelphia Fusion, the Battle of the East Coast. That ended in favor of the New York Excelsior. Speaking of East, we had Seoul Dynasty take on the Shanghai Dragons. That's Far East. That series ended 4-0 in favor of the Seoul Dynasty. And last but not least, another battle, which was the battle for Los Angeles. The Los Angeles Valiant took on the Los Angeles Gladiators. The Valiant took that series 3-0. On Thursday, the London Spitfire started things off by beating the Boston Uprising 2-1. Following that, the San Francisco Shock beat the Dallas Fuel 3-1. And to end the day, the Los Angeles Gladiators were very pissed about losing on Wednesday, so they took Philadelphia Fusion to four games, winning three of the four, taking the series three to one. On Friday, things kicked off with Houston taking down the Shanghai Dragons three to zero, similar to how many wins 
the Shanghai Dragons have. They have zero wins. That sucks. Shortly after that, the Florida Mayhem looked to take on the Titans in Seoul Dynasty, and they almost did so, but eventually fell to them 3-2. And after that, the San Francisco Shock won 3-1 again for the second time this weekend over the slumping Boston Uprising. Last but not least, to round out the weekend, we had the London Spitfire take on the Dallas Fuel. That was an upset because the Dallas Fuel took down the Spitfire 3-1. Following that, the New York Excelsior looked to take down the Los Angeles Valiant to take them off their high horse. But instead, they were taken off their high horse as the Los Angeles Valiant took down the number one team, the New York Excelsior 3-2. To round out the weekend, Houston took on the Florida Mayhem. That ended, as we all expected, with Houston taking that series 3-1 over Florida. Stage 4 is almost done already with Week 4 starting off tonight, starting at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. The Finals also is right around the corner to crown the best team in Season 1, so be sure to tune in to everyone's favorite forced esport to watch some history go down. Now, what what kind of what kind of show would this be if I didn't tell you guys what uh what's coming up this weekend? Now, the point of this show is to tell you about what happened last weekend, and also I want to show you tell you guys about what's gonna go on next weekend. Hopefully, something is gonna catch your eye. Hopefully, it's something that you're looking to get into. Maybe it's something that it's something you don't want to miss. Everyone's gonna be watching it. You don't want to be left out when you go to work and everyone's talking about it. Anyway, um, Dota 2 is back for the China Dota 2 Super Major. That will be in Shanghai. The prize pool is 1.5 million US dollars with the Dota Circuit Point prize pool of 2,250. They're they're not calling this a Super Major for no reason. Let's be real. Eight teams remain because this actually kicked off last Monday, but playoffs is this weekend, so you definitely do not want to miss that. Um, Traveling over to London, the esports championship series the ECS season 5 finals is going on going on over in London with eight teams four from Europe four from North America who are competing in face it the prize pool is six hundred and sixty thousand dollars hundred thousand dollars actually so yeah that's four zeros the group stage kicks off on Friday and playoffs will be held on Sunday June 10th also in London there will be the Rocket League World Championship Series Season 5 Finals, which is the biggest event. Everyone's been looking forward to this. If you listen to past episode, I've mentioned this many, many times. There are 10 teams, four from Europe, four from North America, two from Oceania. $250,000 is on the line on top of the title of World Champions. Um, the event kicks off on Friday, June 8th, and that will go on through Sunday, which we will see who is crowned the World Champion. As I just stated in the most previous section, week four of stage four of the Overwatch League kicks off tonight at 4 p.m. Pacific time. If you don't want to miss that. Um, oh, yeah, this one actually just popped up. I play a lot of League of Legends. So this one, I just found out about this when I logged in the other day. Months of competition. The best university teams will match up at the NALCS Arena for a shot at the college championship trophy. 
Um, for those of you who don't know, there have been an on, there has been an online competition between a bunch of college campuses, college teams to compete for um, the title as the best college team in North America. Eight teams remain: UC Irvine, Maryville, UT Dallas, Columbia, Western University, Maryland, Illinois, and Ottawa University are all facing off this weekend, starting Thursday. The first match kicks off on June 7th, which is like I just said, Thursday, and we'll go through Sunday, June 10th. Next up, the Optic Arena kicks off this weekend. This is the first ever one, by the way, so this is something I want to check out to see how this goes. The Optic Arena is a weekend-long event of gaming's best talents across a bunch of different titles. This event in Fort Worth, Texas will feature titles such as Fortnite, Smash Melee, Street Fighter V, Dragon Ball Z, Fighter Z, and a lot of high-profile names from each game will be in attendance, so you don't want to miss anything because there will be nothing short of intense action. Last but not least, I actually just found out about this the other day. I guess there's this thing called the H1Z1 Pro League. That's going on over in Vegas. Um, a bunch of large organizations, if not all of the large esports organizations, are a part of this battle royale team and it looks pretty darn promising um if you want to cheer for your favorite esports organization then be sure to tune into the h1z1 facebook page on wednesdays at 7 p.m to watch the best h1z1 action and with that i think i think that's everything so uh cue the outro That's all for me once again. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Match. We are approaching the summer where a bunch of events are happening. The the midsummer madness is like what I, is what I like to call it. That means I have a lot of work to do every week and I'm going to have a lot of things going on this summer as well. But I will keep my content as pristine as possible. Um, I'm looking to make the show better every week. So be sure to follow the show on whatever platform you're listening to. SoundCloud. Podbean, Anchor, Stitcher. I'm going to get this thing on iTunes and Android pretty soon, so stay tuned for that as well. Um, if you have any feedback, critiques, or you just want to insult me, feel free to tweet and or message me on Twitter at Chet Esports or at The Match Esports. Um, that's at C-H-E-T Esports, no space, or The Match Esports. That one is self-explanatory. Um, thanks for listening, and I'm excited to have you back next week for another episode of The Match. I hope you all have a great weekend.